Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. And I want to take a moment to thank my top patrons, and they are Chris Balga, Michael Cross, and Philip Barker. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And I want to give a warm welcome to a newcomer, Jonathan McAninch. And let me know, Jonathan, if I said your last name correctly. I want to make sure. But Jonathan, thanks so much for coming to the team. Uh, if you sign up for the Patreon, you have access to our weekly uh, roundup, and that includes interviews uh, with different guests. And right now we're covering The Mandalorian. We're actually covering season two. Um, and yeah, just had our most recent episode with Philip Barker last week, and we have another one coming up this week. Um, but yeah, that's for as little as a dollar a day, and it helps to keep the lights on for the show. So thank you so much, guys. Um, we are, we also have a website, we have Facebook groups, uh, Discord, so many places to reach out to us. But, um, last thing I want to say on that is that, uh, if you like what you hear today, Please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, I have a returning voice on the podcast. I have Nick Ward. Say hi, Nick. Hi. It's me again. It's Nick again. Um, So Nick um, is my husband and time-honored guest. He was my first guest and he will be my last. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, my. Um, But uh, he, you know, is back. To talk about this this is um actually let me let you introduce yourself a little bit go ahead well a lot of my props are movie and video game based um just just replicas uh yeah mostly video games nice and uh my guest always picks the movie um this is a movie that you wanted to pick for a long time <laughs> for some reason we haven't gotten to it yet but we will today. What what movie did you pick to talk about today? So this kind of started as a joke when Lisa first started the podcast. I was like, oh, this will be a perfect opportunity for me to talk about literally my probably all-time favorite movie from when I was a child to even now. But that is the epic mafia flick, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes, the 1989 classic. Um... For those of us that grew up with the Don Bluth films, this was like the 90s, right? 80s, 90s. And, um, you know, they're quite a bit darker than Disney films. They're wildly different in tone. Um, and yeah, this is this is one of my favorites. It's not my absolute favorite, but it's it's up there. 
I I tell people sometimes going into this like it's almost more enjoyable if you don't think of it as a children's movie and <laughs> literally look at it through the guise that it's like a mafia film. I agree. And before we get too much further, um, I do want to warn everyone, the show is not spoiler-free, so we are going to get into spoilers, so if you haven't seen this movie before... Um, You've had 30 years to see this movie. <laughs> um, you know, check it out on... I think we bought it on iTunes. It's, it's iTunes. $4.99 right now, yeah, it like so it was cheap. Um, but yeah, if you are still with us, I'm going to read the synopsis of the film now. Um, let me get my notes... A canine angel, Charlie, sneaks back to Earth from heaven, but ends up befriending an orphan girl who can speak to animals. In the process, Charlie learns that friendship is the most heavenly gift of all. Yeah, sums it up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> if you just heard that, you'd be like, that sounds like a strange movie. But it is, so we will be getting into it. Uh, the first thing I wanted to run over um, is when you first saw this movie. When did you first see this film? Um, I want to say I probably, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I I don't think I would remember because I would have been about four. But I think I was around that age when I saw it. So I must have seen it shortly after it came out on uh, home video. Because I do remember this was one of my movies where I burnt the VHS up, like the tape finally just broke because I'd watched it so many times. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I did see it in theaters with my mom. Uh, we went and saw it, and I liked it. There were parts that scared me, um, but I... Like the oh, dog Satan? Yeah, like the the hell scene was a lot. Um, there were just some disturbing elements to it, like the all the death. But yeah. I liked it a lot. And I remember we left the theater and my mom was like, that was weird. That was dark. I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, I liked it. And then I when think, it was on... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think that's what they don't do anymore. They don't think kids can handle, like, real stuff, you know? Yeah. Like some of these older movies and certain directors are like, okay, this is real life stories and stuff like that so they didn't really dumb it down yeah i mean they had like cartoon dogs doing it but <laughs> it's like i mean kids can handle it i agree um i all the blues films were a little bit darker you know when you think about like secret of nim um what's another one? Oh, five yeah american american yeah, that's tale like really serious um you know, films like that, they had sort of like a, a little bit of an edgier bent to them. And Don Bluth was an animator with Disney in the 50s, I think. I think like the last, one of the last films he worked on was Sleeping Beauty. And then he left uh, to start his own team when the studio started downsizing, when the movies weren't doing as well. And so he and like, I think 14 other animators left and he started his own studio. And so they were no longer un under the creative constraints of Disney. And that meant they could, you know, have different tones and deal with different themes. And, yeah. you know, you can tell that there's that Disney influence there, but they're, they're wildly different films from, like, regular, wholesome Disney movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the next thing I wanted to do is just run over a couple of quick facts that I had. Uh, so the first one is that the movie is derived from a quote by Robert Louis Stevens, you think those dogs will not be in heaven? I tell you, they will be there long before any of us. 
which I do think makes a lot of sense. I mean, dogs are so wholesome. They're too good oh, for this yeah. world. We don't deserve them. Uh, Nick is a big animal lover, specifically dogs. He oh, loves yeah, dogs. Always. I don't think I've ever not had a dog or four. There's a dog with us in this room as we speak. Yeah, he's uh, he's not happy. He's No, he's being a little he, bit of a pill, ironically. He wants to be on his couch. <laughs> he's so attached to us that whenever we're not on the couch with him, he's a little bit upset. So he's kind of letting us know. If you hear a little whimper or a grunt, it's a pug that's a little bit perturbed with us. Uh, this film is set in the year 1939, which is something I don't think I recognized growing up. I don't think I even realized that till we rewatched it. Um last night or the night before i'm like it makes more sense it makes way more sense watching it as an adult yes i think just as a kid you kind of don't have those visual cues to know that like yeah. oh this is in the 40s um yeah and like oh and what's weird about that too i think is that you know burt reynolds plays the the title character and i believe he was born in the 30s because like remember this was like in the 80s so he would have been like in his 40s and if he was born in like the late 30s he'd be or he was in his 50s yeah and so he was actually born in the 30s anyway it's weird to think about stuff like that we're so old but anyway um yeah i like that and when i and when you look back on it um you know not only is it said 1939 but it's also in new orleans yeah it's also like you've said before a mafia picture and like horse races and a lot of like gambling gambling and like almost like yeah like noir type yeah. Uh, gangster flick influences in it for whatever reason. <laughs> and then uh, the last the last fact that I had was that the radio show The Phantom that the puppies are listening to is an homage to the real 1930s radio show The Shadow with Orson Welles. Okay. Which, again, now that you know that it's in the 30s, it makes sense why they they're listening, listening to the to radio. That, it would be new, yeah. But I remember even as a kid thinking that part's weird. I think because the characters speak like the 80s, it's, yeah. like, hard to tell also that it's supposed to be in another era, but, like, little cues like that, the way the humans dress and, like, you know, just little subtle things of the movie. Um, we already talked a little bit about Don Bluth and... Um, yeah, a native Texan. An, oh, yeah, I didn't realize that until you said that. And then the other, like, hallmark of his movies, besides, like, being a little edgier and dark, like, almost always had Dom DeLuise in them. Dom yeah. Who plays Itchy in this movie sounds a lot like his character in um, Secret of Nim, where he played the crow. I don't remember what his name was there. I don't remember. But it's like almost an identical character. He plays the cat in American Tale. Oh, yeah, yeah. the cat. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to watch that again. That one's good. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Um, when we were talking a little bit about growing up with this stuff. So I was so obsessed with this movie, I told Nick that I had like a... I went in, I asked my dad to buy me a pocket watch and then I, <laughs> I put it on one of my award lanyards so that out of everything like the in the movie, movie you want, you want like the death clock. Yeah. I, it's literally a death clock, which I don't think I ever thought of it that way as a child. I was just like, that's what Charlie has. But as an adult, I'm like, that's really dark. Um, the other thing I was obsessed with American tale and I basically wanted to be Fievel like really bad. I had a almost life-size Fievel doll that I slept with and, uh, he had a little hat that I ripped off of his little stuffed head so that I could wear it. Like, I can't express to you how much I like these movies. I was obsessed with the secret of Nim. I would like pretend to pour little powders out of an envelope. You know, that part where she's like, has that tea that like cures timothy uh anyway this is a call to arms guys if you want to pick more don bluth films i'm happy to discuss them i think my 
until I saw this one as a child, my favorite one was uh, Land Before Time. That was like man, I can't believe we didn't mention movie. that. Yeah, that's, that's like, like probably the biggest one. I think that's the first one I saw. I saw I was, that in theaters too. I was very contrary as a kid. Like I watched the Disney movies, but I preferred like the Don Bluth movies. Yeah, because they're, they're a little bit more serious, and they do deal with death quite often. Actually, now that I'm thinking about each story, yeah. Um, death or separation or loss you know things like that um well, it's like real life stories that they right. don't they don't really put in a lot of kids stuff i agree and i love land before time i mean they made too many of them but the first <laughs> before one that great. the first one was great well same thing with this one this is all dogs go to heaven it's one of my favorite movies i have never seen the second one yeah we don't speak of that no right? nor have i ever wanted to i'm like it's just not the same the this this movie is like I like it so much. I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch the second movie. I think there's a TV show. I, I will. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, I'm, yeah, there was a TV show. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. Also, it was bad, but I like Five Will Goes West. That I'm embarrassed to admit it. That was a good sequel. Yeah. I, it It's not as good as the first one. It's ten times sillier, but I just like the Wild West, I think. And so yeah, I it, it didn't have <laughs> the story the first one did of like... Yeah like a Jewish immigrant family or whatever. Now they're like, New York sucks. We have to go out West. It's yeah. like the second one, but which I guess a lot of people did there wasn't immigrate here and then go West. That much still. story there, but it was still fun. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. Um, but so back to this movie. Um, so we already talked about Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, um, Dom Bluth himself. And let's dig into some of your favorite scenes. Okay. Well, for starters, I'm going to really um, go full head on to that this is a legit mafia film. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. That synopsis you read is accurate, but... What it does it, leave some stuff out. What it doesn't mention is, okay, the movie opens with a prison break. A prison break because the main character is on quote unquote death row. Yeah, Charlie they say that. and Itchy were both framed and sent to prison for like to be killed. Yeah, so I guess like in a you know, if you were to look at it as like a in a people sense, I guess they went to the pound and they were up next to be Yeah. Like put down, but like in the context of the film they were on death row for some crime they committed that they were framed for. Um, but either way they're about to die. Um, and they they break out of prison essentially. Uh, yeah. So the again, first, it's a children's. The movie. first scene is a prison break. <laughs> then uh, they proceed to go back to Charlie's old um, partner's casino, essentially. Right. Which is a rigged casino, rigged. Uh, they do rat races, kind of like horse racing. Right. But it's all rigged. Um, when his, uh, his partner Carfla Carface Malone <laughs> realizes Charlie has escaped, he's like, I'm going to get him really drunk and murder him. Yeah. So this whole scene hits different for me at, on rewatch because as a kid, I couldn't feel like the icy vibes of him coming back. Like, okay, so he comes back, everyone's shocked to see him, and they're like, aren't you supposed to be dead? Which you're like, as a kid, you're like, oh, because he almost died in prison. But, <laughs> again, children's movie. Um, but in the context of the film, it's like, 
it's like that part in mafia movies when yeah. somebody comes back and everyone's like, oh, oh, you know. No. And then like there's some context clues where like the patrons at this casino are like, you know, we're not um, things aren't the same anymore. Like the house is taking a bigger cut, and you see people getting like stiffed out of their money or dogs not people but yeah. um well, that's, so that's, that's kind of leading that's sort of planting the seeds for what carface has quote unquote done with the place originally charlie's casino but now carface yeah that's why carface is so upset to see charlie again because i mean charlie in no way is a good guy he's he's still a hustler but <laughs> he was fair yes like people would win some and lose some but carface just has everything rigged towards like everyone loses there's no real entertainment there. Like, Charlie wants there to be shows and food. Kind of like the way you think of as Vegas. Yeah. But Carface just wants people to go in there and lose their money. Right. He's, like, way too greedy. But, yeah, then he plans to murder him again. He get, or yeah, get like I said, he gets him very drunk. Literally, on beer. Literally. It's not, like, a figurative thing. No, it's they, like get he, they get real drunk. drunk. And then they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to give you a going away present. Yeah, because I forget. They, they come to an agreement. Yeah, because he's like Carface trying says, to let him down. He's like, hey, they don't want you around anymore. Which is, again, sort of like a mafioso kind of like, hey, people aren't happy with you. They don't like the way that you do things. You know, you got to be. But you're supposed to know if you're part of the mafia that once people start talking about yeah. like you moving on in any way, if you even catch wind, like it's over. But anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, Carface <laughs> uh, tricks Charlie into thinking that he's going to go pretty much open a new location. Right. Yeah. He's like, you just have to get out of. Here. Get out of town because people, they associate you with going to jail. That's bad for business. And so he's like, okay, let's throw you a going away party. And that's when he gets Charlie real drunk. Yep. And he's like, I'm going to give you a going away present. And I think that's when he gives him the watch. Yeah. But at the same time, he has him real drunk at the end of like a dock. And he runs him over with the car. Yeah, that's what happens. Um, and so Charlie immediately is transported to heaven uh, where there's like a whole sequence explaining like the rules about heaven. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah. Um, Charlie didn't have a lot of good qualities, but he was still a dog. So he gets to go to heaven. Um, and that's when he runs into these clocks um, that basically they each, each, everybody has a clock in this yeah. version of heaven. And once it runs down, that's, that's your time. literally your time. So he finds his clock, and he's like, I'm going back home. Um, and so he winds it up, and he, like, jumps down there. But then when he does, like, the heaven dog is like, you can never come back. <laughs> so that's another rule that she really should have told him before he made his break. Yeah. She didn't say that until he'd actually already left. So he couldn't have even changed his mind. Yeah, he didn't really have a choice there. So, yeah, apparently Charlie's plan works. And winding the clock back up, brings him back to life. He climbs out of the, um, I guess the bayou, because it's Louisiana. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't know as a kid, I thought was a really cool um, detail, is Charlie comes out of the water, and he's like very like monochromatic colored. Oh, I didn't notice that. And the second the clock starts ticking again, he gets his like brown and tan color back. Oh. It's almost like he was... Still kind of half dead. dead. And then I thought that was a really neat detail I never noticed as a kid. Yeah. Um, And so after that, he realizes. He's like, Carface tried to kill me. Right. And so he goes to, um, I think, to Itchy's place, which is like at the junkyard. 
And Itchy is like devastated. Yeah, and they were best friends. A really funny scene where Itchy thinks he's a ghost for like a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so finally, they um, he convinces them that he's alive again, and they're like, "We got to go see what Carface is up to," because he clearly wanted Charlie out of the picture for some reason. Right. And uh, oh, also, Itchy overheard some of Carface's goons saying, "It's like you have to go feed." The monster. Yeah. And so he thinks they have an actual monster. But, um, so they go, they sneak in, and this is where we find, um, Anne-Marie's character. Yes. And so apparently that's the the, the monster they're talking about. I think because even the dogs realize she's kind of weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> she can communicate with all animals. Yeah, so Carface is rigging the races by... Having her talk to all the rats. Yeah, and they and figuring out they, which one. Yeah, yeah, they tell her like, oh, so and so's foot's hurt, so he's not gonna be able to win, or um just stuff like like insider details and stuff. Yeah, but the dark part is he keeps her locked in this little room. Yeah. I guess he stole her from an orphanage. Again, very very <laughs> dark mafioso. There's a... Um, yeah, child labor or kidnapping. Yeah. Yeah, just you know, real Real generic evil mafia guy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Charlie, not being a great guy, but he's not evil. Yeah, he's just he's just like a con artist, but he's not like that bad. Yeah, the hustle. He has dollar signs literally in his eyes in that one scene, and so they break her out because they kind of want to use her power. Yeah. But they disguise it as like, hey, we're going to break you out and you can come live with us in this cool place. Yeah, because like Carface doesn't even let her go outside. Yeah. So it's an upgrade for her. So that, um, she goes with them. There's some real cute scenes where <laughs> she's like, Charlie, can you tuck me in? Oh, it's, yeah. it's funny. It's I like as a kid, as you don't adult. realize, but then when you see it as an adult, you're like, oh, she's like kind of annoying. But like, yeah. But he's not... a very reluctant parent. Yeah. And it's it's sort of showcasing how she's going to slowly melt his heart with her like cuteness, essentially. Yeah. It annoys him at first, but eventually it's going to wear him down. And... Yeah, because he's not evil, like just overlooking it and keeping her literally in a cage. But yeah. He just... kind of plays along with it, but it's it gets to him over time. Yeah. Um, so you pretty much, they start doing the same thing, uh, Carface had her doing, where they're figuring out, um, bets and stuff. But they have bigger, um, aspirations because they actually go to a horse race instead of like the little, you know, rat races the dogs have. They go to an actual horse race with people and... And they're like getting real money. Yeah. And they get, um, Anne Marie to unknowingly help them steal a wallet yeah. Um, from this really nice couple that looks like the couple from 101 Dalmatians. But anyway, similar. Um, yeah, it's probably a similar time period too, I would think. But um, unless that was in the 60s, I don't know. But anyways, uh, it's kind of funny because then after that, they have to pose as an adult. And so they like stack on each other. There's all like, like three, three kids as in three a kids stacked in a coat. Um, yeah, that's that's a, a, a fun scene because they, they convince her they're... They have to get all this money 
because uh, Charlie had read her uh, the Robin Hood story. Right. So she's like, okay. He yeah, had to set gonna, the stage that stealing is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the whole, um, the Grand Chahi scene where it's like this, they're at the horse races. And so they're, Charlie's getting Amory to talk to the horses to see who's going to win. And there's this real dumpy looking horse. Like he's even drawn almost like a donkey. Yeah. He and he's like really like, old. Real old, real, doesn't know what's going on. But Anne-Marie finds out that it's his birthday and the other horses are going to let him win. Yeah. And so no one's betting on Chalhi because he's not going to win. But they bet on him and he wins. Yeah. And so they have a bunch of money. Um, Charlie and Itchy kind of cave. They take Anne-Marie shopping. She actually gets some nice new clothes and everything. And this is when they open Charlie's idea for a casino. Yeah. Where it's, it's fair gambling, there's shows, there's food. Um, I think Itchy runs the bar. It's real fun. All the dogs yeah. want to go there and, and hang out. But then that this Anne-Marie is slowly seeing that a lot of the things he promised, like helping her find new parents, yeah. isn't going to happen. And so she stands up for herself and she's essentially like, you know what? I'm out of here. Like... You said that we were going to help the poor. We didn't. You said we're going to, you know, find me parents. You didn't even look. I was like, she's like, you didn't even look. <laughs> yeah. She's so cute. Um, and then that's when he kind of backpedals and he's like, oh my gosh, you've helped me see the light. Because he sees he's losing her. So he's yeah. got to placate her he's again. Go um, back to the back to con mode. Yeah. So he's like, let's go help the poor. So he takes her. And I thought about this time. So he takes her to that. Um, where all those dogs are, the little puppies that it's are like a puppy in, in an abandoned orphan. church. Um, early in the movie, when they first get Emery, Itchy actually says she can't stay with us, just t- send her to the church. Yeah. Which is, is what he was talking about. Apparently there's like this collie character that runs like a puppy orphanage. Yeah. Although I feel like he was talking about maybe a human church, but you're right. Maybe. It's similar. But similar. I thought this time watching it, remember how the other dog is like, Everybody misses you and the kids love you. I think he's from that church. I think yeah. he was a puppy orphan. Yeah. And probably. that's how he and knew that's, her. He's been in that life. Yeah. And so, like, you know, he goes back there to placate Anne Marie and he gets everybody pizza. Uh, he's like, see, we're helping the poor. And then the, the dog, the other dog is like, the adult dog is like, oh, they miss you and they love you. And like, you could make a difference here. And he, like, he's like, you know, still kind of like, that's stupid, I just want to make money. And, and you kind of get that feeling that, like, this is where he came from, but he doesn't want to go back to it kind of thing. Again, sort of setting the stage and also yeah. making a connection between him and Anne-Marie. They're both orphans. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a nice little song and dance number teaching the puppies about sharing. Yeah. So it's clear that Charlie can have good qualities, and they come out every once in a while, but his drive and desire to, like, be rich is prob- kind yeah. of problematic uh, in his relationship with Anne-Marie. But... Everything's going well until Anne-Marie finds the wallet that she unknowingly helped them steal early in the movie. Yeah. And so I guess this time Charlie couldn't talk his way out of it. Yeah. And so... He's like, I was going to give it back. <laughs> she's she's upset and she's... Uh, I think... I think... I forget, but I think Charlie goes and do, does something. And so then he goes upstairs to get Anne-Marie and she's gone. And that's when yeah. the puppies tell her she went to... The address that was in the wallet. Yeah. The wallet family. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that part was so intense as a kid because as a little kid, you're taught, it's drilled into your brain like stealing is 
bad, you know? Yeah. So, like, that part for me as a kid was like, oh, my God, he stole that wallet. <laughs> like, it's so extreme for a child. Um, it's just funny watching it as an adult, because, like, obviously I still think stealing wallets is bad, but things are so, like, stark and black and white when you're a kid. Um, but anyway, she goes to the wallet family, and they immediately treat her to waffles which yeah. i think sarah in the group was like i love the waffles scene yeah. i was like i did too i thought those waffles looked really good and also it's super cute oh, obviously yeah. the parents are not or not parents but the the, the adults are not mad that Marie's there but they're like where are your parents which they've asked this a couple times yeah now. this is the first time she's actually had time to like answer she's yeah like, oh i don't have any i'm an orphan i live in the <laughs> junkyard with my dog <laughs> yeah they're like um, oh we crap. cannot just let her leave <laughs> but and so Charlie shows up, he apologizes, and she leaves. Yeah. And But all while this is going on, obviously because Itchy and Charlie open a casino, Carface knows Charlie isn't dead. Yes. Which a few times, uh, Itchy has been like, Why don't we lay low? Let's and lay like, low, let's take this money and get out of not town. Advertise that you're alive, yeah. Yeah. Um and so, yeah, I think this is when um, Carface and a bunch of goons go to the bar. They trash the bar, and they rough Itchy up pretty bad. And then they burn the bar down. Yeah. And so Itchy comes limping back. And again, this is like a very classic Yeah, he got mafia. beat up. They don't yeah. want to kill him because they need Itchy to give Charlie the message. Right. So he's like really mad at Charlie. He's like, oh, you've been playing babysitter. Which, again, I feel like is like... This time it's a kid, but in like a mafia movie, it'd, it'd be, be like, like it'd a be girlfriend a, a or something. Yeah, dame. It's like, <laughs> oh, you've got this you're thinking about dames and you can't focus on the business, you know. And so, um, you know, but Charlie obviously feels very bad that his partner um, is is roughed up like this and that their place is burned down. Yeah. But he's immediately like, oh, we need to rebuild it, which it's like. This dude just throws his best friend under the bus. He's just like fodder. You know, He anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so um, Amory hears Charlie just being real terrible, saying, yeah, like, oh, like, it's it's never been about her. Well, because Charlie... We, just, we needed her for the money. So essentially, he's... He's just, trying to save face in front of Itchy, because yeah. Itchy accused him of, you know, I'm supposed to be the most important person in your yeah, life. Yeah, we're I'm best, best friends. friends. Yeah, you Which I'm this... pretty sure, like you said earlier, I'm pretty sure Itchy was probably from that same orphanage. Yeah, I feel like they up. grew up together, and it's like, you've let this brand new person come into our lives and, and now she's taken my place and he's like no and so in order to elevate him he downplays Anne Marie's role but and she hears all she of hears that. it and she's like you're not my friend which is like super heartbreaking and then she like runs away and the second she gets outside Carface, Carface like, snatches, snatches her, her yeah. up well you... <laughs> it's because they roughed up Itchy and essentially they followed him because they knew right. he would take him straight to wherever Charlie was true and they want the girl back yeah so and so this is where Charlie realizes he kind of messed up. <clears throat> and so they go looking for her. Um, which leads to probably, not my, I mean, I like this whole movie, but one of my favorite scenes where we get to meet um, King Gator. Yes. So, yeah, so, we were watching it last night or the other night. And yeah, I think, yeah. The whole scene, like, hits different. Okay, so a few things about this movie that I noticed this time. 
you know, the fact that it's in New, it's Orleans, in New Orleans. But it feels like they at least tried to have a couple of black voices in the movie, which I didn't notice that as a kid, but it's weird to have the whole movie in like New Orleans, but like nobody's black. So yeah. I'm glad that they at least included that a little bit. Um, go ahead. But so, um, yeah, King Gators essentially, he says this big gator, but I, I think it's like this group of like, they almost kind of put like a little voodoo aspect to it. Yeah. Like these little but mice. But also like a Mardi Gras. Okay, go ahead though. Yeah. Well, like these mice. Um, oh yeah, they seem like almost like tribal yeah, village and, type people. Yeah. Yeah, so they kind of. Um, they like worship the gator, it seems like. Like yeah. they give sacrifices to this gator so that he leaves and, them alone. Yeah, I guess. and so I think Carface sends. Wait, no, no, no. Oh man, I'm forgetting. Um, I forget how they get there. We won't go into that. Okay. And so pretty much these, like, whatever reason, these little, like, um, tribal voodoo mice, <laughs> yeah. they essentially throw Charlie and Itchy into, like, this, like, not pit, but it's, like, yeah. down into the bayou. And so King Gator comes up. And Charlie is trying to get his watch because it fell off his neck. And he knows if that watch stops ticking... He's done for. Oh, also, I, I remembered what happened. So when they kidnapped Anne-Marie, they brought her back to the casino, which is in a giant boat. And so when Charlie was trying to break her out, they fell. <laughs> no, I think, I think yeah, they, they go there. And so I guess they're waiting for their doom to come. And this real big alligator comes out. And he's got, like, the bone through his nose, so you know they're kind of playing up, like, the voodoo stuff. And there's kind of, like, a little chase, and he eats Charlie, pretty much. But then when he does, Charlie howls real loud, and King Gator's like, I can't eat a voice that that good. And so there's a whole another song and dance number, which is, like, the best song in the movie. Yeah. Can't keep can't keep a good dog down is a good song but yeah. i mean let's make music together is really fun and we were saying like he, the king gator character is like very flamboyant like feels like very maybe like mardi gras on a yeah. float ish like he's got that big pearl thing that he comes out of and he's he's, he's wearing he like makeup, makeup on and, like and a feather boas hat and, stuff. and everything yeah he seemed like he was coded gay to me yeah. um which is nice in a kids movie, well, like yeah, unexpected he's... in '89. So. Yeah, but then, but like, like why Charlie not? Why the hell not? Meets this guy that later in the film like saves his life. They like yeah. become friends, and it's like, oh, he was such King a Gator's, cool, like, like such a cool guy. He's... Fun character. I think the closest Disney came at that time was when they had Rip Taylor, like in the Ducktales, Ducktales movie. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, man, people were so anti that back then. I'm surprised. I guess people just really loved Rip Taylor. But, um, and then Nick pointed out in the uh, Frog Prince, there's an alligator it's character that's pretty similar. Exact, it sings and everything, right? But I, I mean, I guess it's does. not like super original. But yeah, Louisiana, they have alligators, yeah, so you're gonna yeah. have an alligator character. Yeah, but anyway, it's fun. It's one of my favorite songs. In yeah, the movie, and King I just song love is great. King Gator himself. Um, but yeah, so anyway, long story short, he lets him go. Yeah, so they, they they become friends, and he can go. And so he goes to um, Carface's place, where he has Anne-Marie, like, in this cage. And so he pretty much jumps in there. And I think Anne-Marie's, like, real sick. Cause, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, uh, she, she has pneumonia. 
And so he's got to get her out of there because they need to take her to, as Itchy said, a vet. Yeah. No, a a A doctor. doctor. And so while Charlie jumps in the cage to get her out, Carface pops out with all his goons. They start, there's a, a fight. And in the fight, the cage falls in the water. And so Charlie has to fight off the bad guys, but make sure Amory stays afloat because she's real sick. And so pretty much while they're in, in the scuffle, one of Carface's goons um, bites Charlie. And he howls very similarly to where he first met King Gator. And so that's the signal. So King Gator's like, mm, nope, you're not going to beat up my friend and so he comes in and starts smashing up the place because he's this giant alligator mm-hmm. um and in the process i think I, I misspoke earlier but in in this process um i think some oil falls on something and it catches the place on fire so now it's yeah. like oh crap now it's flooding and on fire yeah it's bad it's bad um, all around and Anne Marie is still she's she's asleep because she's very sick and so charlie has to make sure she doesn't fall in the water. But he has to like make sure his watch And his watch fall. is falling in the water, so he's got to keep that up. Um, and so pretty much also during this, uh, King Gator eats Carface. Right. So that's that's the end of one problem. Uh, so pretty much there's a scene where Charlie keeps going after Anne-Marie and then the watch and then Anne-Marie. And finally Charlie's like, you know what? This little girl's more important. So he lets the watch sink. Mm-hmm. And he puts her on um, like a little makeshift raft. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of like the Titanic. It's like... Yeah, and so <laughs> while this place is like literally on fire, falling apart, he kind of pushes the raft out through a hole to where she could escape. And he's like, you're going to make it, kid. Yeah, and so pretty much he tries to go back down to get his watch, but it stops ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during all this, uh, Itchy has managed to gather a bunch of, like, neighborhood dogs, and they go to the um, the family. Mm-hmm. And so, pretty much, Itchy, I think, has her little stuffed animal, and so the family knows something's wrong, and so they managed to get to where the the whole fight scene was. As the, the building collapses, or, and it or seems boat, like... So many people are at the shore at this point because that big boat's on, on fire. fire. Yeah. yeah, but they're also there as she kind of like um, comes up to up. shore. Yeah. And here's we didn't talk about this character, but like Carface has this real weeny uh, little lackey. Yeah, uh, killer, killer, which is yeah. this real pathetic looking dog. And Carface is terrible to him. And Killer's terrible too throughout the movie. Yeah, but this is kind of like a redeeming scene because Killer's the one. Um, pushing Anne-Marie uh, to the, the shore so they can get her. Yeah, you get the feeling that Killer was only bad because he constantly had a gun to his head, yeah. figuratively and sometimes literally, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, Carface multiple times like threatened to kill him. And I did like, as an adult, they talk about that ray gun that he has, and you and I were like, a ray gun? But yeah. then we figured out like... They probably could not have an actual Tommy gun in this Because it's, it's a Tommy gun. Yeah, it's a Tommy gun, but it shoots like lasers and yeah. air quotes. So we're like, I actually that's forgot not about a 1940s that. Was, thing. Yeah, there was <laughs> that like, scene where they like pretty much shoot up the French Quarter. Right. Like and chasing it's like, them down. Okay, they're shooting a dog and a small child, so they had to use like they lasers. They had to say a ray gun. Yeah. But anyway. it was a Tommy gun. Yes. But go ahead. Um, so yeah, pretty much um, 
the the family that husband and wife they i guess in the 30s you could just take in a kid or whatever yeah they adopt her somehow don't worry about yeah, that part there's, there's no paperwork <laughs> but so they adopt her and she she pretty much she gets nursed back to health and and itchy um, likes her now which is cute yeah itchy is kind of like her dog because she's in this real nice bed they have for her and itchy's gets to sleep on the bed too um and Charlie comes back. One thing we didn't talk about, um, Charlie had a nightmare where you see dog Satan. Oh, yeah. And he like, has to escape <laughs> hell, which is a pretty terrifying scene for a kid. But it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty neat. And so um, in this scene, like, I guess since Charlie escaped heaven before he went to dog hell. <laughs> and so I guess... Dog Satan is allowing him to say goodbye. Yeah, for some reason, Dog but, Satan's like, oh, you can say goodbye, but then you have to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> but while he's doing this, um, the angel dog, I forget her name, but she shows up. She smites Dog Satan, sends him away. And she is like, well, you're not supposed to be able to come back, but you essentially sacrifice yourself to save her, so... You're a good dog. You can Seems like they there. could have mentioned that. But if you sacrifice yourself to save someone, you can you come back. Like, okay. They did not mention that. But luckily for Charlie, he did that. Yeah. And so it was really nice. They had a real sweet goodbye. And he's like, take care of Itchy for me. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. So it's like, Itchy doesn't have to worry anymore. Amory has a family. Um... Charlie's fine now. He's okay. He's like, I did a good, I did my good deed. I'm yeah, he's done. like, he's at peace. He's he's ready to go to heaven now. Yeah, and he, he kind of he changed. He went through the full character arc. Yeah, I forgot to mention this earlier, but apparently the guy that voices um, King Gator Ken Page also did Oogie Boogie. Okay, and, yeah, same yeah, could... character essentially. Oogie Boogie, yeah. like the a voodoo guy, but he's like bad in that one. Yeah, King but, Gator's yeah. good, but. Very similar character. Yeah. But anyway, fun little note there. All right. Well, I guess we covered the whole movie. We did it. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a long movie. It's, it's an not. easy watch. It's a, like I said, it is a kid's movie, but if you guys go and watch it, watch it under like the guise of that it's a mafia flick. Exactly. I think that's a good, um, you know, elevator pitch there. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> your, one, your, your question at the end of it, it's like this. I really do love this movie. Like still, when we watched it the other night, I enjoyed it. As much as I did when I was like five or six. Yeah, I really liked it. And it, it makes me very nostalgic for Don Bluth films specifically. And I don't know, it's it, this is sort of like a lost piece of history to me in some ways. Because I don't think that people... I mean, you know, answer me if I'm wrong, guys, if you listen and you have kids. But do kids even see these movies anymore? Like Secret of Nim and things like that. Disney has a habit of like kind of stamping out the rest of the landscape. It's gotten better over time, but... You know, I kind of worry that young younger yeah. generations don't get to see these movies. And one really cool thing, um, I guess comment in the group or if if you know about this, but I, I heard a rumor that, I mean, Don Bluth, he is up there in age, but I heard he's currently working on a project to get animators back to doing like old real animation, yep. like doing like animation shorts and stuff. And if that's true, I really want to see it or... Or I want to look forward to it if it's not out yet. But I heard a rumor they're doing like old, original, like... Um, 2D cell, style. 2D, cell, yeah. cell-painted 
individual frame old school animation like a bunch of animators are coming together to do like little short stories yeah um i'll i'll post a link in the group about i, I found this article on sci-fi.com uh, written by jeff spry but essentially it says anime legend don bluth on his new studio autobiography and perfecting your craft and yeah it, the gist of the article talks about him um you know wanting to bring back 2d animation which is something that actually is pretty important to me i i, I like oh, yeah. this idea because don't get me wrong i love like pixar i like the new disney projects but i want there to be room for stuff like this too that's like a little bit more fringe and i don't know i just think when the landscape is a little more diverse in terms of different types of ideas and projects yeah. there's just more room for different things and i don't know i i hope that that we get to see more of that but i agree with you i i love these movies and um i would love for like a new generation of people to to get to see them because yeah. they're really good and i don't think it's too dark i mean no i don't think i feel so. like if 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 you're a listener with a kid i mean i probably shouldn't have seen this at like five or six <laughs> but i did and i, I turned and out okay it stuck with me it's still to the date one of my favorite movies yeah i love it I remember my dad used to not like American Tale. He would say, this this movie's too sad. <laughs> and but I'm it's, like, it's covering real history, but yeah. in a fun, accessible way for children. It is a little critical of things over here. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about that. That might day. be another one. I, yeah. Um, yeah, so Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you? Um, pretty much most of the social medias, Twitter, Instagram mostly, and uh, Facebook. But pretty much all my handles are Wardco Props of some way i think i have one or two that have an underscore in there i don't remember <laughs> but if you just type in wardco props then usually you can be able to you'll be able to find me well thanks for talking about this nick and i'm sorry it took so long to get to this classic film but i really enjoyed I've, watching i half joked around i kept telling her I'm, i want to talk about my favorite mafia film <laughs> dot, dot, dot. all dogs go to heaven and yeah it's a real oh brother well, this podcast runs the gamut. You know, Citizen Kane, yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> you know, we talk about it all. And yeah. I really do enjoy this movie. I'm not kidding. Even though I kind of poked fun about it being dark, I actually really liked it. It so is glad dark, about but it. it's a really good story. And I don't know. I just, I still really like it. Me too. Well, thanks again. Sure. <laughs>